Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. We are uh, in week three of the of the podcast. This is episode three. Um, we're uh, we're actually going to be taking uh, a slight detour this this mm-hmm. Sunday, and and we're pretty excited about it um, to to talk about um, Palm Sunday because it is Palm Sunday. Those of you that the the calendar is starting to look more and more like uh, like it's March forty sixth. <laughs> like, I think it's, it's March forty like sixth. The, the um, yeah, whatever <laughs> Feb February February May is ish um, or whatever that you know it starts to look all squiggly on you. Um, this next Sunday is Palm Sunday, um, and so we're gonna we're gonna be talking about um, Palm Sunday and and uh, referring to Matthew twenty one in the Bible. Um, uh, a lot during this this Sunday, but Chris, why don't you talk to us about why we're not not doing what we normally do as a church um, yeah. when it comes to our our scripture progression? Well, it's funny, even what we normally do, meaning what we did through John, because we've been doing John since we became a church, mm-hmm. essentially. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so through John, now we we did we did take a break at one point and teach through Ruth during. Christmas, which doesn't make again any more sense than teaching through John through Christmas, I guess. But was that during John? I I don't, can't remember for sure. I to feel be like honest. We, I it it's been so long. It now. has been yeah, <laughs> it's just a long time. To... But this time, part of it was we didn't do it, and and I do think there's a for lack of a better term a comfort that comes and an awareness that comes. I don't want to assume that everyone who comes to our church, we have a lot of unchurched people or poorly churched people or as we say, traumatically church people who have been to our church, and they may not know what Palm Sunday is. Right. So to take every, we may not do it every year, but every once in a while, to take those special days, Palm Sunday, uh, Easter, Advent, even Mother's Day and Father's Day maybe, and focus focus sermons on those topics. Um, so that's the that's why. it's Part of it is the comfort of it. Part of it is the knowledge for people to know what's going on with these, why we celebrate these things, why it's called this. Um, and so certainly that's what was in the back of my mind um, with those two motivations. Now, of course, as we're going to talk about, you know, there's it's not like what Paul taught next last week and what we'll be teaching in a few weeks isn't somehow connected to Palm Sunday and Easter because the whole Bible is kind of about Jesus. So... That works. Yeah, it's like every time we pause and just take a look at how things fell and then where is their connectivity, it's like they're always, always something seems to pop up. And so we use the phrase when we're even just thinking about it, this idea of we're pausing Daniel to take a look back at Jesus, but Daniel himself in his book has been looking ahead towards Jesus the entire time. Right. Um, you know, Daniel, mm. uh, who who coins the, the, the title Son of Man in his prophecy is the very the most common title Jesus uses about himself. Right. Um, and then we were even making comment of almost if we were, this is going to be like a, a teaser ahead towards mm-hmm. the prophecies that come in Daniel 9, um, where when we had this concept of the 70 weeks and the 70 period of times, and and I'm sure when we actually get to Daniel 9, we'll probably be able to delve into that with, with uh, some more details. But the idea that uh, in Daniel 9 contains a prophecy leading up to, as some scholars would say, at least the month, but probably even likely some say the very day, the day yeah. length of a prophecy to Jesus showing up uh, in his triumphal entry. And so this we're pausing and thinking of the event that was foretold by the book that we're currently walking through and studying. You even said, you even said the passage 
in Luke that mm. references the critique that Jesus levels at the religious scribes or whatever at that point, that that may be connected directly to this. Yeah, a lot of people think when they look at the passage that's found in Luke uh, 19, um, when Jesus has come down from the, the Mount of Olives um, and you know all the ones are gathering and proclaiming him as king, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, um, and then the, the Pharisees in the crowd say to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And then um, his, his, the section in the ESV is titled, Jesus Weeps Over Jerusalem. This is a very hard and emotional thing for Jesus in processing. And there's some harsh rebukes towards these Pharisees. And in uh, verse 44 of uh, Luke 19, it says, um, And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. And a lot of scholars think this is a rebuke of Jesus to the Pharisees saying, you didn't understand Daniel nine. You didn't understand that this is, this visitation was made known for you and you're missing this time. Wow. Um, even again, at the fact that if that's the, if that's the case, you know, these, these prophecies that sometimes can feel just outside of ourselves right. or just a, a fun thing to think about and and don't really land with a personal connection to look at these and think no this is a very personal connection this is the arriving of our savior the proclamation of him as king mm -hmm. well we don't and we don't talk about prophecy very much now um so so as as we move through daniel and as we as we look at jesus and, and his fulfillment of over 300 prophecies um from the old testament um there's 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 some of that, that that might make some of us uncomfortable because we we don't spend much time maybe it's just Baptists I don't know <laughs> um, that we don't spend much time uh, talking about prophecy we don't um, uh, we don't study the prophets as much as um, some of the other uh, parts of the Bible and that's 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 really a tragedy mm -hmm. um, because there's so much that we can learn from them and so much comfort that we can have inside of each of those those things, um, like we talked about last week, with the prophecy um, supposed to be is supposed to be something that comforts people, and not just uh, something that scares the, you know, yeah, sin the out Jesus of you. Out of us? <laughs> no, not that Jesus be, out it'd of be you. The opposite. It'd be the yeah. scares the sin out of you. We, to, we joke about it being the it's the Christian version of the horror movie. It's the yeah. you know something's going to jump out and get you type of treatment of it. But I think it's also even found, I mean, it's not even just found in the prophetic sections of Daniel, because we're not, we're not there yet. We're, right, not to right, the, we're, right. we're still hanging out in the narrative stories. And, and essentially what we did this past Sunday is we took, um, we started chapter two, which is one long narrative um, all together for the 49 verses. And we, and we just took the consideration of the very first part of it, the, you know, part one of part right. four of four parts. And, uh, and in that we were introduced to some characters and we saw a stark difference between these characters of the ones who recognize God as sovereign, the right. main message of the book, mm -hmm. and how ones act who don't recognize right. God as sovereign. Um, and what we're going to run into when we're now considering these passages over Palm Sunday and the Easter is we're going to run into more characters who are either recognizing the yep. sovereignty of God or missing it. And as we're reflecting on it, we can't miss mm. God's right. sovereignty as he will be the one who is walking himself through these events, that he is the one who is orchestrating this mm -hmm. historical count to come to be. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, it's a crazy thought that Jesus may be saying to them, if you had understood what the prophet Daniel told you, you, you could have literally had today circled on your calendar. Mm -hmm. Yeah that you should be standing outside of Jerusalem waiting to see who shows up today because apparently that's the one Daniel prophesied 600 years ago to the day 
and you could have had this circled. Like, mm-hmm. well, who's it going to be today? And then Jesus rides in on a donkey, and you would go, wow, that's not even subtle. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's exactly. the one. Well, you've, you've mentioned before that it might have been that this donkey was tied up for this yep. um, the, this prophecy to be fulfilled, that, that this donkey was waiting for it, and Jesus says to go get it because he know it's, knows it's going to be there because everybody is waiting for this, and still... No one gets it. No one yeah. gets it. It's, and, and that is the, the tragedy of the Pharisees just over and over again, is the yep. idea that they have, they have perverted this and made the law where they then can access God, and in such focusing on how they will access, get access or gain their own achievement into God's standards, they miss Him right. reaching out and coming to them. Yep. I'm, I'm going to mention Sunday that I'm, I'm not sure if the Pharisees were more worried that Jesus wasn't the Messiah King, and therefore the Romans were going to take away all their power because, like, when they tell them, when they tell the disciple, when he tell Jesus, you should, you know, you should get onto your disciples. Are they? Do they mean tell them to stay quiet so the Romans don't get us, mm. or do they mean you need to correct their false teaching? You need to correct their heresy in calling you this. And the Pharisees always seem to be more worried about losing their power. So this is a no-win for them. If Jesus is the Messiah King, well, he may take all their power from them. If he's not the Messiah King, the Romans may take all their power from them. And so how sad that Mm -hmm. the whole purpose kind of for their existence has now become something they have to fear. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus might actually be the Messiah King. That would be bad. Well, that's the case with, with all of our power. Right. Is the minute you gain mm-hmm. wealth or status or anything like that, um, I think the hearing from people that actually have those things, <laughs> I've I've heard that you spend all of your time then holding on to them. Um, you know, it's not it's not enough to to win the World Series. You've got to protect the World Series. You got to repeat. You huh? know, you got to you got to do it again or the Super Bowl or whatever. Um, it's not it's not enough to, to do it once because there are people that have done it more than once, and so you've got to prove that you're the best. And if you jump over that hurdle, then I guarantee, you know, it just doesn't end. Well, this, this whole passage is about, uh, John, you mentioned the other day, like this is about sovereignty. This is about kingship. Who, who is this Jesus character? Is he king? And what does that mean? And like you said, Paul, the Son of Man reference back in, Daniel 7, when we get there, is about this king. A king. Yeah, and probably, you know, maybe even some, you know, it's hard to know, but probably when we do get to Nebuchadnezzar's dream, it ends with a kingdom that crushes all the other kingdoms and never ends. And, that again, so much of this points back to this, this moment when Jesus is coming into Jerusalem as king. Sadly... For the people there, it won't be what they, the way they want it. So we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, someday. and I, yeah, and I, I mean, I just want to go ahead and give people not too much of an application from Sunday, but the, the, the heads up to to just go already be thinking in your in your own hearts, like what what maybe are you expecting Jesus to be for you? Um, what what maybe are you are you thinking that uh, that uh, following him is going to do for you. Like if if that's if that's your um, if that's your devotion, if that's the worship that you're bringing, mm-hmm. 
um, that's that's way that's way more like what the Pharisees are are doing in this um, situation. And honestly, the crowds, um, the the these are the same people that are gonna yell crucify him um, on Easter or some of them are yeah, yeah some of them are and um, the it's just it it is human nature um, to to be um, inside of that it's our it's our sin our flesh to um, to be expecting Jesus to then do this for us um, right. to to have expectations mm-hmm. to use one of uh, Chris's trigger words um, mm-hmm. about what well I've I've done this I've given my life to you I've done this thing so yeah. you know whatever it is and and there's two ways to to fall down that I think in in our own lives and um, again it's just something to be to be thinking about as we head into this like you are you falling down the like I expect Jesus to do something for me now um, and that's kind of along that health and wealth false gospel um, or um, are you falling down the the side of it that's like I expect Jesus to do something for me in the future Right. That I have a relationship with Jesus Christ so that I can get into heaven when I die. Um, and both of those miss it. You know, there's there's an element of uh, of uh, following Jesus that, of course, is, you know, you 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 give up father and mother and uh, brothers for me. And I'm going to give you a hundred times that. Right. Um, that Let's promise it. That that's a promise along with tribulate or along with uh, persecution. And with trials and persecution, right? Um uh, and, and so there, there is that, like, there is a now that is happening, um, right. inside of our, our, uh, discipleship with Jesus Christ, but there's also, um, a, a later that's happening. And, and if you're, you're so focused on one or the other, um, if you're so focused on, I guess, yourself inside of that, you're going to miss what following actually is. Um, and I think that, um, that's that's the that's another part I guess of the um, uh, story, the narrative that we keep. You guys remember the um, over and over and over. There was a movie way back, Walter Matthau and I think Tim Robbins called IQ. Walter Matthau plays Einstein. Is that triggering anything? Yeah, I, I I think I watched part of it. I don't think I watched the whole so thing though. There's a there's a the, there's only one great line in the movie. Paul, did you see that movie? No. <laughs> That's always the same bet, right? Yeah, this is a little insider into most of our meetings. At some point, <laughs> movies are mentioned, and John and Chris have a conversation, and I just nod my head. <laughs> there is a great moment in it when allegedly Einstein is walking down the road with Tim Robbins, who is a car mechanic. And Einstein says, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And Tim Robbins says, now what are the chances of that? (laughs) And it always struck me as such a great line. I think very often if we go, I wonder if, I wonder if God's thinking what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it it would be like, probably not. Honestly, probably not. He's probably got a different thing in mind. Well, he knows exactly what you're thinking. (laughs) Yeah. And he knows it's not what he's thinking. Your, your thoughts aren't my thoughts, right? Your ways aren't my ways. And so I think, I think that's part of this as we always wrestle with God has made these promises to us. Those are vital. We can trust those and we don't get to recreate God in our image. No. Like that's not one of our options. And so we, we have a nasty habit of doing that. And even when we have reasons to, even when it's positive, even when it's good. I mean, I don't think the people who are 
celebrating Jesus. He says if someone didn't cry out, that the rocks would. So yeah, they're not a, wrong to cry out, but he's mourning the fact in the midst of it that they don't, they don't get it. I mean, they don't understand. And how sad that is and how easy that is and how identifiable that is that, that we, we want God to lead us, but only in the way we want to be led, which of course makes us the leader. And that's not how that works. Anyway, that's a, go ahead. Yeah. Even when you were talking about it, my mind was going to um, Proverbs 3, 5, when it says, trust in the Lord with all mm-hmm. your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And it's like this, there's this aspect of like when, I know at least when I consider uh, retrospectively or introvertly into my life and think, how am I doing in following Jesus and what, what, what efforts am I making? And it's when they make the most sense to me is when I'm most worried that they're <laughs> off, off the basis. Yeah. Um, because it does continue. Proverbs continues. Uh, and, and you have these great promises in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make, your, make straight your paths. Um, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn mm-hmm. away from evil. It will be the healing of to your flesh and the refreshment to your bones. And so there's, there is something about, yes, there's some promises we need to take hold of, but then when we miss the boat too much by making it a little bit near, you know, our paths are straight because I set them straight on Jesus versus, right, right. no, I'm just walking down the path and, and turning away, not doing wisdom in my own eyes. And he's the one making my path straight. Yeah, exactly. How much, how much more time are we looking at? I, I mean, we've got like, Seven more minutes okay. or so. I want to ask an exile question. Do you think there's a link between, so the, the, the people of Israel, there's going to come a moment in Daniel when Daniel starts doing the math from Jeremiah's prophecy, and Daniel goes, hey, we should, we should be running out here. We should be kind of wrapping this up, right? And God reveals to him that there's a sense in which this exile will end, but there's also a sense in which this exile isn't going to end, and that's when we get the longer. Mm. And so it really is that even though the people of Israel go back to their own land, and they have kind of, I don't know, fits and starts of a certain degree of autonomy and freedom for short periods of time, they they really, even back home, they're just now exiled at home in so many ways. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're back in the promised land in Jesus' time, but they're not in charge of the promised land. Nope. Rome is. And so... I'm curious, do you think there's exile, do you think there's an exile message going on here with this king coming in that you, any, I'm just curious if you guys had made any connection there. No, absolutely, and, and actually, it, so I was, um, again, I was on the Dwell app, um, and I, I let it keep going um, when I was uh, listening to uh, Matthew 21, and I let it keep going, and, and Jesus starts to uh, give the um, Pharisees these parables, Mm-hmm. one after the other and one of them was the the wedding feast one mm-hmm. um and and so jesus or not jesus uh the master um is throw, is throwing a, a wedding feast which is obviously god um and uh he invites people and they don't come and he sends his servants out again and says look i've i've you know killed the fatted calf i've i've prepared this um amazing feast for you and still they won't come um, and, uh, I've, I've done all these things and, and they won't come. And so, so he sends the servants out again and says, bring in people, right? Like just get the people off the street and bring them in whoever you can find. And so good and bad come, um, and, and are, are here at this feast and the master comes out and he sees a man who doesn't have a, uh, um, 
wedding garment, I guess, right. the, the nice enough clothes to be there. And he's like, what are you doing here without a wedding garment? And the like lovey-dovey Jesus, um, you know, uh, that, that sometimes we, we want to make God into uh, a, what, what makes sense to us, you know, would, would say, don't worry about it. I've got extra clothes for you. Right. Um, but that's not what happened. He tells his servants to bind him hand and foot and throw him out into the darkness where there's right. weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, and I stopped the, the, right. the dwell app. I was like, Felix, that's not what I wanted to hear from you right now. <laughs> and it was that reminder to me um, that uh, that the the exile, you know, in so many ways that in um, that the the if you see the exile um, as um, as maybe it, it was a temptation to see it as things not being the way that you want them to be mm. or that you think that they should be or seems fair to you, um, to use another trigger word. Um, if, if, that's, if that's what you think of when you see this exile and not a discipline that is happening because of uh, um, Jesus loving us and God wanting us to um, uh, be his children and, and, and knowing that... Uh, all are called, but only some are chosen. Like that's scary, and it goes back to what you were saying with uh, in Proverbs that the fear of the Lord you know, over and over in Proverbs it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To understand that this, oh son, this isn't about your thoughts and your ways. This isn't about what you think is the right thing. Um, we serve a God who is in charge, who is king who is sovereign, um, and uh, though we who have uh, trusted in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior can know him as our Abba Father, as our Daddy, like, the, don't, as C.S. Lewis said, don't start thinking, I mean, he didn't say it, but inferring from his uh, references to Aslan, don't start thinking him, of him as a tame lion. Don't start thinking of him as as not the king because he is in in all of his all of his glory um and so the i i think that the exile continues now um i i think that not only do we do we see that um exile uh that that there there are people that were invited into the feast and they chose not to come right um, and that's that's an exile of sorts. Those doors are closed, um, and that's that's a that's a hard thing. Like that's not that's not an easy thing to wrestle with. Yeah, I wonder even too of just like even again thinking of the message of where um, those in exile here in Daniel, what they're looking at. Um, they're looking at uh, arguably, certainly then the most powerful king mm -hmm. ever in a history. Um, right. Arguably the most powerful ever. Um, they're looking at him, and he has come in, and now he has destroyed their temple, mm -hmm. um, their ultimate connection point uh, with worship to God. Um, and now it's like we don't have a place to connect to God, and we don't have a king who can get who can be stronger than this king and right. get it back for us. And I think that's somewhat of what comes with the with the tones of the prophecy later is that there is a king 
who is strong enough, who will come back greater than even this Nebuchadnezzar right. outside of the way of thinking than you will ever even be able to think or know in this world. And he will come back and he will establish then a way to worship. And even then it harkens back to, to John uh, four with the woman on the well, when Jesus says to the woman, believe me, there's a time uh, that is coming mm. when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Like, I think that may be some of mm. this idea of an exile of like, we're st- still not at this place to get it. And then which, of course, then Jesus concludes with them that God is spirit uh, and his worshipers was, must worship in the spirit and in truth. Like that there is a notion of a can, of God putting all these things finally right, putting all well, the orphan, the exiled, mm. the, whatever it is to describe what is longing and wrong in this world, that there will be a time that he'll come do that. And he puts it right in him. Right. Like through through his presence, through through actually giving us the Holy Spirit. Right. And not through conquering, you know, the Romans out of Jerusalem. Right. A city or a place. Um, or, you know, making a certain political party win. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, his, <laughs> his peace is available. His, uh, return is available now. Um, his, he, he has come and he is our King. That's a, it's a fascinating picture. This idea of, of the, the exile being solved. Like there's a, there's a physical exile that is solved in a certain way, but Within that story is a spiritual exile, a distance between God and man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that it's part of the confusion that the people have who are taking Jesus from Jericho to Jerusalem is he's going to come solve this in the way that we think. And he's going to set himself up as a king on a throne in the city of Jerusalem, in the holy city. And Jesus is, Jesus has much, and strangely and incomprehensibly to them, I guess. He has bigger fish to fry here. He has he has a bigger throne to sit on. He has yeah. a bigger enemies to conquer, mm. and he's going to solve the exile problem at the at the transcendental level, at the at the most foundational level, the the exile between God and man. Yeah, and that's the there's a, an interesting anyway. There's an interesting dynamic there that I'm still trying to wrap my brain around how to understand. Because I'm not Jewish, and so I can't understand this exile language well, and I, I wish I could better, and that's what I'm trying to wrap my brain around too. Yeah, help. and it made me really, like what you were talking about, made me really um, grateful that that Patrick chose to sing um, "King of My Heart" last week too, because mm. um, that uh, the the idea being um, um, that he is. Uh, a king on a throne, and that throne is is my will right now as well. Um, and, and we can run to him. He is our rock and our fortress and, um, an ever present help in time of trouble. Um, we've run out of time, Yeah, which is, I mean, it's becoming sadder and sadder (laughs) that this just goes so quickly, but, um, we're, we're excited about Sunday. We're excited to, to worship together and to, to talk more about, um, uh, the triumphal entry. Um, and, and, uh, to learn from it. Um, so prepare your hearts, um, until then, uh, we, we would always pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll see you on Sunday.